My name is Christine Aller. I'm a change strategist offering next level guidance to creative professionals, and I am the hustle. Welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, a weekly show where an aspiring actor and screenwriter set out to educate and inspire artists and entrepreneurs all over the world with the stories and challenges of those hustling towards success. Welcome to episode 94 of the Hollywood Hustle Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Lutheran. Thank you so much for joining us today as we dive into our full discussion with change strategist and organizer, Christine Aller. If you're joining us for the first time, hello! In last week's Side Hustle, we shared Daniel's preview discussion with Christine about the lies that creatives tell themselves that prevent them from starting their own side hustle. It's an incredible episode and one that you should totally put on your podcast queue after listening to this episode. But before we dive in, I just want to share some inspiring feedback I received from a new listener this week. His name is Manny Zaldivar, and I actually had the pleasure of meeting him on set last week at Paramount Studios, where we were working as background talent for a TV show. Later that day, we actually became connected on Instagram, and he mentioned to me that he is an actor, a writer, producer, director, and soon-to-be cinematographer. So with that in mind, I recommended that he listen to episode 92, in which we interview Brendan Ugama, the cinematographer from CW's Riverdale and the recent Child's Play remake. And here's what he had to say after listening to the episode. It's shows like these that I'm thankful for because I feel less blind coming into the industry. I've only been here a year and a half, and listening to shows like Inside Acting, Audrey Helps Actors, VO School Podcast, and now yours has put me in such an advantageous position. Super thankful for what you do. I can't tell you how much these words touched me. That's exactly why Daniel and I started this show, was to help listeners such as yourself to inspire and educate you on the ins and outs, the highs and lows, and everything in between of what it's like to be an artist here in Hollywood, and above all else, to provide you with a sense of community. There are so many shows out there for actors and for screenwriters, but here at Hollywood Hustle, I love that we're here to support the hustle of all artists. Now, if you guys want to throw Manny some love, he is at Manny Zaldivar on Instagram, and that is Manny, M-A-N-N-Y-Z-A-L-D-I-V-A-R. And while you're there, if you haven't yet, you can follow us at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we have officially crossed over 1,000 followers. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at LA Hustlecast. We love engaging with League of Hustle members like Manny, providing you with daily inspiration, behind-the-scenes videos and pictures of our guests from the interviews, and we also love celebrating your hustle wins when you tag us in a post so we can share it with the rest of League of Hustle. Speaking of celebrating some wins, let's celebrate the fact that you're about to get a ton of amazing information from Christine Aller. I'm going to pass the hosting reins over to my brother, Daniel Tuttle, for this special one-on-one -on -one interview, and I'll talk to you guys on the other side. Thank you. 
thank you so much for being here. I went to your master class about a month ago. You were kind enough to let me sit in and kind of partake in it. As you said, you are an actor. You started out also as a, you were had a side hustle as a professional organizer. Uh, you appeared on DIY crafts on scripts. Uh, you are on the Do It Yourself Network, DIY, and before and afternoon movies on the USA Network. You were a Golden Circle member of the National Association of Professional Organizers. Man, and you you were nominated for several organ like professional organizer awards. Blew my mind. I had no idea any of that existed. <laughs> and now you are uh, what a, a, a change strategist. You have two paths that you can do. You can do the brilliant and resilient, which is the master class that you have that meets every uh, month. You also have cash flow creatives, which is a nice kind of audio look of how to make money quickly as a creative and the tips and tricks and lies that people tell themselves, which if anybody listened to our side hustle last week, you heard a few of those. Thank you so much for being here to change our lives and talk about what you do, how you do it and how it affects others and how it affects you. I think that's also something that's really important. So let's kind of just start at the beginning, just real quick, you know. I expect you to put in huge theme music, like right <laughs> a, a, a bit of it under that whole I, I get thing. that a lot when I introduce people. A lot of people feel like, I feel like there should be some trumpets blowing and some music. Tell us about where you're from and how you found yourself in L.A. <laughs> I'm an LA native. Hey! Oh. <laughs> a <show> real beast. <laughs> I was actually born in Glendale, California, which is where we're recording this nice. interview. So, yeah. Nice. And then I, I went to college in Oregon, mm-hmm. mostly because I wanted to experience weather, my first criteria <laughs> for college. You wanted, to pro- you wanted seasons. Yes! I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I did. And it was, it was a great college experience. And then I came back to LA to pursue acting, which I did for a decade. Wow. Overlapping with that. I started my little side hustle as a professional organizer. I mm. fell in love with that and with business and being an entrepreneur. And as I started that business, I looked back and I was like, oh man, if I had done this stuff as an actor. Mm-hmm. So I started turning around going, hey guys, do more of this stuff. You <laughs> do know, this like, stuff, guys. Stuff. I, I figured yeah, some, I things, figured some out. things out. Yeah. And that's amazing that you share that. Like there's, you know, there's people that I think withhold that they, they realize something and like, oh, this is mine, my precious that I'm going to keep, you know. And so it's so great that you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to tell other people about this and, and, and offer this and help others as they go through this journey. That's fantastic. You know, because you were you asked me a question about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, you know, why you were like, why do you? Want to do, and I really think that the roots of that is in theater. Even though I grew up in Los Angeles, and I totally wanted to be a child actor, I put I put an agent on my Christmas list every year. My parents were like, they knew nothing. You get up, there's just a random guy yeah, in the tree. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hello, Christine. I'm from CAA. I never actually visualized what that would look like. Some, it's I, I for some reason I picture creepy. the uh, mischief guy from those commercials. That's like oh, oh yeah. uh, that always uh, the mayhem guy. Yeah, mayhem yeah. guy. Just picture him sitting by your Christmas tree. Dean That's Winters. because I didn't write a good agent. <laughs> it should have been more specific. You should have been really more and non-creepy breaking into my house agent yeah. who will just call me. <laughs> I had two parents, the only two people not involved in the industry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I could have grown up in in Iowa for, right. for the type of childhood that I had. And they were just like, no, no, not interested in taking to auditions, which was for the best. I was not a cute child, so I don't think I would have had a lot of... So I, all, I love the honesty. I wasn't yeah. a cute child. This not like Hollywood cute. This is going to be the quote of the episode. 
Hollywood cute. Hollywood you cute. Know, yeah. LA cute. Dimples and no, rosy cheeks. No. Um, so the only thing that was available to me was theater. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, community theater in LA is like a notch above community theater anywhere oh, else. Absolutely. So it was a great training ground. But, you know, in theater, you just are inculcated with this, yeah, everybody's job's important. Just because you're on stage doesn't mean everybody helps out. You need to change the props. You need to do. And it just being being brought up with that kind of ethos and then going to a school where it wasn't for an acting degree. It was for a theater degree. So you mm-hmm. had to do everything. Yeah. So maybe you were the lead in the play, but you're also hanging the lights. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate to be also around really positive people, really positive experiences mm-hmm. in my formative years around um, acting and theater and this all for one, one for all, a rising tide raises all the boats. Right. And that there's not this competition. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like, you know, if I don't get the job, well, I would hope you would get the job because you're cool too. That oh. kind of. Thanks, you're Christine. welcome. I don't know how you're going to fit into the dress, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'll make it work. So, yeah. So I think that's why. I'm just naturally attuned to like, oh my gosh, here's here's some information. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so how would you say, you know, how did you go from like, were you always someone that was big about organization? Was that kind of always part of who you were? Just was, is, And is that something that you got from one of your parents? Like that they, that they were a big, not, I don't want to say neat freak because that's not proper, but like a organization mastermind. Yeah, I think that my parents were definitely each in their own way organized. Mm -hmm. So I did not grow up in any kind of like chaos and Mm -hmm. our uh, lives kind of hummed along to a routine, but it wasn't anything that was ever spoken about. Mm -hmm. And they weren't like neat freaks. They weren't that kind of if something's out of place, they, yeah, they, no, they, they, they're just on edge. There was no weird psychology around it. It was just like, okay, organized, which, but I'm naturally wired to do this Mm -hmm. Um, because my sister lived in the same household and she is not. But when I was young, a really exciting Saturday for me was to clean my sister's room, (laughs) but it was torment for her because she'd like, I'm like, do you want to keep this? Yes. Give me five reasons why you want to. I mean, it was. I knew there was a checklist. It was. I knew it. (laughs) It was. um, But I, but I also learned not even thinking of doing this. I didn't even know it was a career. It's just that you can't force it on someone mm-hmm. because immediately her room would return because she didn't want she wasn't that, that wasn't her environment yeah. that made her feel comfortable. So, yeah, but I didn't even know one day I was managing a theater as one of my job jobs and I was flipping through. I think it was like Time magazine or something. Mm-hmm. And there was just a one page. This was before Google. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Google didn't exist no. at one point. <laughs> and, and I can live to tell that tale. Uh <laughs> It was just a one-page article about a guy who organized executives' desks and the words professional organizer. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a thing? Like, <laughs> that's a quote-unquote job? The next day, I had little mm. business cards printed up. I'm like, I can do this. Because my sure pattern, very organized, well-organized business cards. <laughs> clean and crisp, baby. But because the pattern that I'd fallen into would I'd get mm. a job. I'd organize the whole space just as, like, bonus for my boss right. <laughs> to keep me interested Mm -hmm. but then once it was running i was bored yeah now i'm like well anybody can do this job now because everything's super organized Mm -hmm. and i was and i really actually said this to myself one day i was like god it would be so great if i could just get hired and then do the organizing part and then leave the job but no one would hire me (laughs) as their employee and let me leave (laughs) and then i realized oh there's a thing where i could get paid just for that part and i was 
off to the races. Right. And I went home and was like, Dad, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and his response, and he's, you know, he's not a discouraging person. He's like, I don't think anyone's going to pay you for that. And I was like, I think, I think they might. might. So I, I, was, I hate know? organizing. I would pay you <laughs> in an instant. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, so what's funny is you talk about, like, you know, you'd clean your sister's room and stuff like that. I was this weird kid, and I make fun of my wife for it, but thinking about it, I'm kind of, I was the same way as a kid where, like, if there was a night where I couldn't sleep, I would get up, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I'm talking maybe 11 year old, 12 year old, and I would clean my closet. And then I would, because I would tire myself out doing it, and then I would have a clean closet. Which was really out of place for me because I've never been an organized person overall. And so I feel like sometimes it is this moment of like there is a zen to it Mm -hmm. of clearing your space and making it work. I have another theory about that though. Yeah, absolutely. Is So what's interesting, so you're in bed, Mm -hmm. your mind's kind of spinning, you can't get to sleep. And you go and you do – because you could have done any activity. And you went and organized something. Mm -hmm. But I really feel – that a person's environment is a direct reflection of their insides, of what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. So when I walk into somebody's environment, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of feedback about what's going on Mm -hmm. in here. And the organization of their space to me is, 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 I don't get excited about moving pencils around. Mm -hmm. I get excited about reorganizing someone on the inside. We're just happen to do, we're going to start the outside and hope that it Mm -hmm. then sinks in. So I guess I have to ask this question. Have you ever seen hoarders and did that drive you insane? (laughs) Well, I've been in three properties Mm -hmm. of a hoarder. Oh, you've been, okay. Yeah. So I've seen that. And um, first of all, that is a psychological oh, problem. Absolutely. The the damage that television show did mm-hmm. is while they involve psychology in it, mm-hmm. they were prematurely involving organizing as if that yeah. was going to fix anything. In fact, what it did is it disrupted the person because their sense of security Should was he? being created. Yeah. So organizing doesn't fix that. Mm-hmm. If you treat it psychologically and then the person is wants to change the environment, right. only then will it stick. It's like an addiction. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very similar to that. So as an organizer, if I went into some place and I realized it, there was hoarding, mm-hmm. um, then I either said, you know, there's organizers that specialize in that. Who would, and if they specialize in that, they're also going to get a psychologist right. they're gonna involved. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Obviously, you you started helping others when you were a kid, helping your sister, organize <laughs> well, her life. Forcing um, and, and obviously enjoying finding this piece of, you know, helping other people find peace in their environment. How did doing that help you? Like what, you know, going in and do, becoming a professional organizer, going in and help, organizing other people. What, what for you, not what was the benefit for you, but... You know, how how did you grow from that? Well, it was a real training ground mm-hmm. in, okay, it, it, there seems to be a, a big leap between someone who grew up loving acting mm-hmm. and then who transitioned like full time into professional organizing. That seems sort of like worlds apart. But really, we each have a set of superpowers, Mm -hmm. things that we're naturally wired to do, things that we may not even know is a big deal. Right. Other people usually tell us like, oh my God, I can't believe you can do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so good at the podcasting thing. Like I could never, you know, and you're like, no big deal. Well, Superman isn't going around going, I'm flying. Like He's just like, yeah, 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 I can fly. Guys, (laughs) look at me. Our superpowers feel like breathing. Yeah. And we 
decide to plug our superpowers into various things. And Mm -hmm. I had mine plugged into acting very early on. But it's those same set of superpowers that I just plugged into organizing. And Mm -hmm. that's where the fulfillment came is because I was utilizing all my superpowers, whether it's through acting or whether it's through organizing. And what I loved most about acting, I loved getting into the psychology Mm -hmm. of the character and figuring out the puzzle Mm -hmm. of how, how I can portray this so that it fits into the larger puzzle of Mm -hmm. the thing like that puzzle thing my mind is very wired right and i loved affecting the audience Mm -hmm. whether it was making them laugh or cry or whatever because i loved being in the audience and realizing oh i love that they're affecting me like this (laughs) and it's so great and i want to do that for other people it's it's the transition of energy yeah that that back and forth and And that that you can mutate the energy they Mm -hmm. come in as an audience and ha 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 by the end of it we Mm -hmm. will have you changed you know right and so, but I'm doing that with my clients. I'm figuring out their psychology of my bag of organizing tricks to apply to that particular person. Because mm-hmm. all the things don't apply to all the people in right. all the situations. Everyone's wired differently. Yeah. And so you want to have a good match because mm-hmm. what you want is the work to stick. Yeah. If I'm just coming in and going, this is how I organize things and I put my, it would devolve in about two weeks. Yeah. It has to be matched to the person. So you have to figure out the person and also the effect it has. Mm-hmm taking them through this journey of a mm. before and an after, which is very much acting too. Right. You come as an audience member and, and then there's an after transformation. And as an actor, you're contributing to that. Right. And I, every working every single time with a client, that's, I get to go through that arc in the individual session. And then if they stick with it in the longer, bigger transformation. Mm-hmm. Now, Christine, you know, there are these shows out there, these like fictional sh- uh, cop shows where it's like a cop is teamed up with a guy who can smell things real well. And that's how he solves crimes. I'm thinking cop with a professional organizer Woo! that solved crimes together. The world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> that we, I mean, I think we're, we're sitting on some gold here. Christine, we should talk about it. I'm just saying, okay. just throwing it out there. Good. <laughs> so you kind of talked about already mentioning, you know, the, 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 or, the, the look of someone's outside can really not only affect, but also shows a little where that person's at uh, emotionally and personally. How does that affect the drive for success in your in your side hustles or in your main hustle how can that how can you make sure that that how your life is prepped and put together is doing a benefit towards you and not hindering you Mm -hmm. let me first make the delineation Mm -hmm. between messy and organized yes please messy is a state of being Mm -hmm. neat messy Mm -hmm. if you go upstairs my office is currently messy because i've got little projects out but it's organized because everything has a home. Right. So I can clean up that mess and lickety split. You know where everything because, goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what being organized mm-hmm. is. Because you can walk into a home that looks pristine, but open a drawer or ask somebody to find the scissors. And they're like, uh, but it looks like a magazine. <laughs> right. But it's not functional. Right. And thus it's not supporting them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of your question of how does having kind of an some organization in your life contribute towards the drive and the success and Mm -hmm. uh, and motivation of pursuing what you want to pursue in the world, it gives you space to do it. Mm. It just gives you, because organization, or I should say disorganization, piles of clutter are piles of delayed decisions. That's all they are, piles of delayed decisions. And what a professional organizer does is comes in and helps you start making decisions. Mm-hmm. and shows you different ways to think about things so the decisions come quicker and by the end of the organizing process 
my clients are always making decisions much faster than the beginning. It never right. worries me when it's like, oh, God, it took us a half hour to make a decision about that thing because I know it's going to speed mm-hmm. up under under my guidance. If you have all these delayed decisions, piles, it's, it's a, we get decision fatigue. I'm sure mm-hmm. all of your listeners have heard that phrase in the zeitgeist, you know, right. and it's a real thing. You can only make so many decisions a day, which mm. is why when you have a kid, you're bringing even like many more decisions <laughs> and like, where's the kid into the thing? We ask that all the time. Where's the kid? Where's the kid? <laughs> so if you, by quote unquote, going through a, an organizing process, mm. you are taking care and finally making the decisions. Yeah. If you buy something and you decide where its home is going to be, you never have to be like, uh, 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 decision, where should I leave these scissors? I just cut something, I'll put them over here. Like, it just calms it all down. You know, on the far end of the spectrum, it's Steve Jobs deciding I will wear jeans and a black turtleneck so I never have to, to make that decision. decision. Yeah. So that is what uh, a minimalist, which is different than mm-hmm. an organized, but you know, that's what that kind of, of choice of lifestyle mm-hmm. is to have only what you love to or what or what you need mm-hmm. and and to know where it is mm-hmm. and to know that you have it and to have it in a place that's functional mm-hmm. that's just a whole lot of decisions you don't have to make which leaves space mm-hmm. to then create because you cannot create if your hand is around your neck and you are choking yourself. Right. Create. It's like it's not <laughs> going to work. Or audition. Mm-hmm. Or a redirection on set. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to focus a little bit on, on, on decisions. I think that's something that I, I, I've noticed that is a huge or can be a huge hindrance in someone's professional growth and career. If, you know, people, especially in this town. People love to say, well, I have this. I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do or where I want to go. Or I have these three t- projects. I just need to figure out which one I want to focus on. And, and you hear these things of like, but I don't ever hear someone like, I just decided to. Like, I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, you hear that someone's like, but it's usually like, I just decided to move. Or like, I just decided to clear out my room. You hear that. But like, I don't hear people go, I just decided that w- this script that I'm going to focus on. Like, you don't hear that phrase a lot. And one of the things I remember uh, from sitting in your master class is like one of the things I really like is that it is kind of also like an accountability group where uh, everyone kind of writes down their goals of what they want to achieve, at, at least at that time. And you would kind of go through that with them and go, did you do this? Did you do this? Which is great. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. So I'm like, did you do this? <laughs> did you get this done? It's very, I don't want to say motherly, but it's very important to have someone that has your back. <laughs> That's just there to make sure you are doing what's best for you and you're achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those, though, always dealt with making the decision to complete something, mm-hmm. making the decision to do something. A lot of it was like, I'm going to go to a networking event or I'm going to finish this script or I'm going to finish editing this. And, you know, I think people forget that the doing something is making a decision to do that thing. And you see a lot of people that just a lot of times that is the hindrance is they can't decide to do that thing. And so what is your, you know, how do you look, help someone even as either a professional organizer or a change strategist, how do you go to someone and say, here's how, here's the best way, or here's a way to help you start making decisions and not feeling overwhelmed by all the choices. 
So if someone is really interested in in digging deeper into that, Mm -hmm. there's a book called Essentialism. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that book, yes. Greg McCone, McEwen, maybe. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I read it at least once a year. Mm -hmm. I have everyone, I can shove it down. And anyone's throat, I can shove it down. I (laughs) shove it down. All my clients have to read it. It's a great book on that. I also wrote a book called Feeding Your Focus, which is also about like, what does it mean to have a focus? Mm -hmm. And how do you actually choose the things for that focus? And it also talks about organizing and networking and financial Mm -hmm. kind of organization. So those are two resources that are out there. The other thing I want to mention that I don't think, usually the the conversation would now jump to, okay, this is how you make decisions, the way the pros and cons, blah, blah, blah. But I think an underutilized resource that every human has access to, but not every human develops their access to it is your inner guidance. Because that is really what is going to steer you well in your life, mm-hmm. which sounds like cliche because you've heard a lot of self-help people say that, but it's, or I have found it true. And a lot of other people have as well. Now, there are people who have not yet been even able to connect to their inner guidance and feel it. Mm. There are people who can hear it. They can hear the whispers, but they've never trusted the whispers. And then there's people who are starting to hear it and starting to trust it. And I'm telling you to keep going. Rather than necessarily looking outside to someone else like me or anybody else to tell you the magic formula, because there is no magic no, formula. It's it's good to notice like, okay, well, that's how that person does it. But I think they're wired kind of differently from me. Mm-hmm. And it's good to hear from people who are wired differently because you might be able to like, oh, I'll take this from them or this from them. But really, it's about running all the guidance through you and all of the work I do in cash flow, but definitely in brilliant and resilient is about helping you become a better leader of you mm-hmm. because you are the one who already knows what is right and what is wrong. And that's what Marie Kondo in organizing and spark joy. She's asking you to pause with this object and ask your inner self, like, does it really make you happy? Mm-hmm. Does it really, or do you need it anymore? She's asking Notice she's not telling them. Mm-hmm. She's asking them to go inside because mm-hmm. that's where the answers are. The answers yeah. are inside. So that is a big part of making decisions is learning to trust the whispers that you're getting from inside. Mm-hmm. We block those whispers like, but maybe I'll need it someday. Or oh, with with our worries and concerns and our little lizard brain comes out going, oh, don't throw that thing away. You know, mm-hmm. it's our lizard brain. I think, you know, one of the things we talked about in the side hustle was that idea of the fear of yeah. like failure and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And and like you said, we are we should be the CEO of our own lives. We we should be the ones making those decisions. And I think people fear making that wrong decision. Yeah. And that causes them to look outward and say, yeah. Tell me what is the right thing. Tell yeah. me and I can't answer that for you. You know, obviously there's tiers of decisions, big decisions, yep. little decisions, yep. simple decisions. I think what's important is to I, something I found, especially doing this podcast and kind of putting myself in this lead position on this podcast is having to make decisions mm-hmm. and finding out through trial and error, what is the best way for me to make decisions. And but part of that was gained from when I would work with people on writing scripts, they would offer ideas and I developed a sense of how to when to say yes and no and how to give myself time to let it marinate 
and stuff like that. So I say that all the time now. I was like, let me let it marinate and I'll get back to you. And that could be a day, could be two days. And usually eventually like it's going to, something's going to happen where I go, that doesn't work because of this. And I just now figured that out or that is perfect for this, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think we talked earlier about how certain jobs and certain things can help in other positions, you know, being a professional in an office can help you in certain areas of your other lives. And so I think if you're having trouble making decisions, it's finding a way where you can learn what your way of making decisions is. What is your uh, what works for you? Is is it making lists? There's list people out there who you know, pros and cons and healthy and not healthy. Or is it, you know, just you need time? So I think it's it's trial and error and finding, you know, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But finding that that what works for you and it could be, in a, you find it in something that has nothing to do with what your usual decisions are. You know, it's what, you know, think of that simple thing. What do you do when you have these small decisions? What is your mindset? How can you take that and put it on bigger decisions to help you with that? I mean, is that proper yeah. to say? Or? You, you, you totally hit it. Because mm-hmm. what I was going to say is the most important thing of what you just said was you figured out how you mm-hmm. made decisions. So I would encourage people to start with working and experimenting with the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. And then just notice, mm-hmm. which ice cream flavor? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so what is, what is stymieing you in this moment? Like, mm-hmm. What is your mind doing? Mm-hmm. And then once you can kind of be aware of what your mind is, why this isn't an easy decision for you. Right. And then sort of work on finding a way to make it a little mm-hmm. easier. Right. Telling yourself a story of like, oh, it doesn't really matter. This is the small stuff. Like, mm. whatever. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, maybe also as, as you're finding it, tell yourself the reason. Like, kind of give yourself a narrative. Like, I am choosing this because of this. Yeah. And then you're, you're 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 recording it. You're recording that decision for later like, oh, you know what helped me with this was doing this. So let's do the same thing here. Yeah. You're mentally recording that decision as you go through it, yeah. which I think is really important. And and a big thing to watch out for just to let you know that you're you're sort of delaying the decision is if you find yourself polling people. If you have a decision to make, choose 3 people carefully. And get their input and then mm-hmm. run it through your own guidance system. Mm-hmm. But don't ask more people and more people to try to get a consensus because it won't. It'll kind of even out and mush out to 50-50 and then you're still. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a delaying tactic. You right. don't need to poll the world. Yeah. Ask three people to make the decision. That's, I mean, that's a screenwriter essential, a writer mm-hmm. essential. You, you pick three people that A, you trust, that you respect their opinions you pick them for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, for me, I write a lot of female-focused, female-driven scripts. So I usually pick at least one female to read it. Sometimes two, because I like to have a, a contrast in in personalities read it. So I might have someone who's a little younger, someone who's a little older read it. And then you have someone who's more maybe better with formatting and that technical stuff. You have them read it. You get their stuff and you don't go, well, they obviously said it. I've got to change it. You 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 take it. You look at it and then you decide which one you agree with and which what you feel is best for your thing. And I think anywhere in life, that's definitely absolutely that's a great idea. Just anywhere in life. So next time I go to an ice cream shop, I can't choose. I'm going to call three people. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, should I get chocolate chip mint or should I get peanut pecan? (laughs) Please tell me I have 10 seconds. Uh, People are staring. You started out in this professional organization, a beautiful thing of helping people uh, not only in their outside, but their inside. What 
kind of was the turn to becoming a, a consultant or a change strategist? Where did that happen? My clients, as we were organizing, would start to ask me questions that were more about like their career and their mind. It was sort of like, help me organize my mind as well. (laughs) And then I had one particular client who hired me as an organizer. And I've, I've told this story on, on other podcast episodes, but um, eventually I was like, well, I have an idea about how you can restructure your whole business Mm -hmm. to help you earn more and work less. Mm -hmm. But I know that's not what you hired me, but I could just tell you. And then I told him and he's like, yeah, how do we do that? And I Mm -hmm. was like, what? (laughs) That was the first time I had ever thought that someone would pay me just for the guidance that Mm -hmm. I had. And I'm like, oh, that's better than moving boxes. Like, that's a better long-term career strategy (laughs) because I'm going to get old and not be able to move those boxes anymore. Mm -hmm. That's better. Now you're using your mind. Yeah. And so that – and also it was – unexplored territories like mm. oh okay so gave me a new challenge and, and he happened to be one of the biggest voiceover artists in the country so he just started to tell, talk about me to people in that oh, capacity so nice. and so I started to get clients and then when I felt really comfortable I hung out my shingle of like I do this too <laughs> and then eventually I uh, retired from organizing mm. but there was also at that specific time I was leading power groups at this place called the Actors Network that used to exist, mm-hmm. and um, it was a fabulous organization. So I was leading power groups. I've led mastermind groups. He keeps referring to the brilliant and resilient like meetups and masterclass. That's really a mastermind group, and it's monthly and ongoing, and I've been leading groups like that every single month for 18 consecutive years because I love to. I love groups. It was. I really enjoyed it. Oh. It was so It was so refreshing to be around just... There's some, this sounds so bad. There's something about hearing other people have issues that is <laughs> yeah. so refreshing. Because again, again as like, we uh, talked about the social media, you see everybody's great life on social media. And we are so just addicted to that and absorbed by that now that we do, it's hard to see the reality that other people struggle. And it's not just you. you yeah. know? So I was around a lot of actors. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there was a gap. There was a gap. Uh, that wasn't being filled for actors. A lot of actors were looking for managers Mm. because what they hoped is that manager would be a strategist for their career. Like, okay, tell me what to do. What should we do first? How do we get, how do we build this thing? But not everybody who's a manager is a strategist, unfortunately. So even if you get a manager and you get a good manager, they might not be a strategist. Mm -hmm. So I realized that there was like this career strategy kind of gap there. And I started helping actors of like, okay, let's look at, the assets that you have, the resources that you have, and how to best use those resources to start you moving in the way you want to go. So that was what I was doing. And most, I started with actors and voiceover artists. And then as I got better at it and my skills got honed, now it just, I work with all types of, any creative professional Mm -hmm. usually, and it's only creative professionals because I'm a creative professional. So that's who I usually attract. but I've worked with authors who are international experts on, on you know, shifting their career in some way and, and how to go about doing that. And, and so now really it's about I help people design and then align with the next chapter right. in their life, whatever they want that to be. So there's two questions that we usually like to ask, like casting directors and directors, just because it's usually Michael's here and it makes me – we usually do focus on actors, but I'm going to focus on creatives in general. Um, and answer how you want. Okay. If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. <laughs> I will storm out. So the first question is, what do you love most about creatives, Ooh. about creative people? 
creative people are the people with the most potential to change the world. We're the bravest mm -hmm. and we're the most equipped because we are willing to think outside the box and we are willing to break the rules. And then if we're really next level, we're able to see there are actually no rules mm -hmm. to be broken. No, I agree. You, mm -hmm. you, absolutely. And the next question to kind of follow up on that is, What's your biggest pet peeve of creators? <laughs> okay, I have two. All right, great. <laughs> um, I have 10. Let me, I have them here. I already have them written down. Well, now, okay, but the caveat to this is I'm a creative. Mm -hmm. So these were things that I also did, mm -hmm. but I broke the habits. And so now when I see them, I'm like, okay, we don't need this. Mm -hmm. need this. So my pet peeves, one of them is qualitative language. So if someone in my mastermind group is like, yeah, so I had four auditions this month. I mean, I didn't book any. Oh, no, no, we don't need that part. Let's just, the, the fact is you had four auditions. Why add that? And the reason we as humans instinctively, almost without thinking, mm -hmm. add those things is to make everybody else feel comfortable. Because in our society, our language around accomplishment mm -hmm. is like, well, you know, don't, don't, if you say something great about yourself, you're going to make somebody else feel bad. I don't know where we got that teaching as kids, and but it's all over our society. Mm -hmm. And it's very strange. It's yeah. unnecessary. It's just sit with the good stuff. You don't have to add that thing. Or I just, I just had four interviews like that. Yeah. It's like, no, no, start over. You don't need the yeah. just. Or like I wrote, uh, I worked on my script this week. I only got three pages done. Yeah. Did I call you out on that? No, no, no. Okay, no, good. Because I will. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but maybe had you said that, right, you I probably would have yeah, stopped you yeah. and been like, well. What does that matter? Yeah. You did it. Yeah. And the thing is, is people will believe whatever it is you tell them. Mm -hmm. And if you just speak with a little more joy and a little more confidence and just mm -hmm. a little more like satisfaction with what you did do and not qualify it mm -hmm. to make anybody else feel comfortable. That's mm -hmm. managing other people's feelings. And it's a huge mental energy leak. State the facts. And at first it might feel really weird and really awkward, but it won't after a while. I think there's a thing also where it, with creatives, we have a certain idea of what a result is, mm -hmm. what, what a success is. And I've been called out on it by Michael. I've called Michael out on it. Uh, we both, in the last month, we both done that, um, where... You know, I was down at one point about my job hunt and all this stuff. And he's like, but look what you've done with this show. Look what you've gotten to do. You know, you've been able to hang out with your kid. Like these small, you know, these things that you just, you don't think of because whether it's not because money didn't come in or that it wasn't a big to do about something. And the same thing with, you know, Michael, you know, he had a moment and I was like, look, you've had all these auditions and yeah, you maybe may, whatever booked them or not. You got them. You got these auditions. Getting auditions not hard, not easy. Yeah. It's not just because everybody who submits gets to go into the room, yeah. you know. And it's like finding those. Every step is a success. And again, you know, we, we talked about the small wins thing that we do now. That that's why is because you got to look at everything as you sat down, you wrote three pages of a script. How many other people just thought about doing that this week? Right. And it may not. You may not have finished a scene. You may not finish anything. But you sat down and you wrote it. And I think that's it's them changing your mindset of what is a result and yeah. what is a success. And it's okay to say, mm -hmm. I wrote three pages of my script mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I think I need to light a fire under myself and 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 hold myself to a standard of writing 10 a week. Like I need mm-hmm. to rearrange my life in some way to make that possible. Right. That's fine to be like, right. but I want more out of myself. But that should be separate yeah. from the acknowledgement yeah. and the sat- satisfying feeling of like, but I did something. Mm-hmm. I did three pages. Right. It's when we tack, it's when we mush those together and mm-hmm. tack the languaging right onto the back of of stating a victory you've become your own like terrible mother of like i wrote three pages (laughs) you only wrote three pages you know what i mean but where do you think those voices come from they are right oh yeah we 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 keep our parents and and, or teachers or whatever Mm. that voice was it clicked with us in a weird Mm. way as a kid we just bring it right along and start doing it to ourselves yeah yeah. It's 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 terrible. It's, yeah. it's absolutely terrible. So what's what's the second? And the second one use? is similar feeling the need especially as an adult to mm. justify what you're choosing to do, what you want to do. And it's interesting Daniel Sullivan is a coach of very very high level entrepreneurs and he gave this talk the women who and I, I forget what he was talking about, mm-hmm. but a lot of these women came up afterward and was like, oh my God, that was amazing. And it blew my mind. And he's like, the reason why it affected the women, especially in the audience that way, mm-hmm. is because men have an easier way, mostly because of how they're kind of brought up mm-hmm. to just want what they want and then to go after what they we want. We justify it. Yeah. But for a woman to be like, well, I don't want to have a child or I want to go into the workforce or I want it. It's like we're so used to being asked Mm -hmm. or just feeling like we have to kind of justify, Mm -hmm. well, because of this and this and this and this and this. It's like and creatives are very similar people in that Mm -hmm. it's like. Well, how dare you want to dream and then follow it? (laughs) And and why? Oh, and that's why a lot of times it's like, oh, but I want to make the world a better place. And I want to, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm all for making the world a better place. But we, as humans, we all do things selfishly first. Mm -hmm. It's mostly because you want to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Your soul came to this earth and wanted to have this experience. We don't know why, but it's like, I want to be a showrunner. (laughs) It just wants it. Mm -hmm. And it wants it right now. It might want something else later, but there is no justification necessary as long as you're not like, hurting people as you, you know, machete <laughs> will, through the I jungle. I want to be a shoulder so I can yell at everyone. Yeah, abuse, you know. As long as we're not talking about that. You can work people 25, 8 hours, 25-7. But I encourage your listeners to start to start to catch themselves. Mm-hmm. And and you'll if you do this, you'll see it in all different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can let the career sit for a minute, but go over and examine when you're just justifying things to your parents about like, oh, we chose to take the vacation and we're, oh, we're not taking our child on vacation. Oh, why aren't you going on a child-friendly vacation? Well, we want, you know, as an adult, you just get to say, uh, we chose to do this. Yeah. It's it's weird how there there is that, where, like even moving to Los Angeles, there's this thing where people will tell you why. It's traffic. It's expensive. There's already a thousand people trying to do what you want to do, and it's like, and there got to a point when my my then fiance, very similarly, my then fiance now wife, uh, when we were moving here, we stopped telling people mm-hmm. because it got to a point where we felt like we had to justify. Well, that's the only place Daniel can really pursue screenwriting, and here there's a you know, and guys, I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of telling people why I'm making this choice. It should be, I'm moving to LA. That's awesome. Good for you. Even if that's not the response, mm-hmm. 
there is a difference mm -hmm. between explaining something yeah. and then going into justification. Yeah. Explaining is, oh, well, that's where Daniel's work is. Right. And then if the person, it's when, you know, it's when the person wants more. Yeah. And you you never have to answer a question that's asked of you. Mm -hmm. Again, there's no rules. Just because right. someone is curious right. doesn't mean you have to satisfy their curiosity. I mean, unless you're on the stand and you're yes, under then there's, <laughs> the there's the rules. If there's legal legal there's limitations. Legal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so justifying is mm -hmm. different than explaining. Mm -hmm. And also when I'm working with clients and I'm trying to get them out of the habit of justifying, I will say, okay, well, instead of telling them about something that you're going to do, just tell them after when you've done it. Hmm. So instead of telling your spouse that you're going to do this thing that doesn't involve any family money, like it's just your business over mm -hmm. here. Like, <laughs> That's important to put out. Doesn't no, no, no. Family. I bought this car. Right. But my, uh, my husband and I, and we've been together our whole relationship for 30 years mm -hmm. and married for 20. We have the stuff that involves us and our household and as a team, but then mm -hmm. I have my business and mm -hmm. I don't consult him on any decision I make in my business. Those are all my decisions and yeah. I'm with my money and that's it's fine. Your business. Yeah. And none of his business, no. <laughs> but but I um, and what we really do oftentimes when we go to someone like, well, I'm thinking about doing this. Is what we do is we want the approval. We mm -hmm. want them to go, great idea. And then we're like hurt or shocked when they're like, oh, really? Do you think you should do that? And sometimes what they're doing is just picking up on our insecurity mm -hmm. around the decision we've made, and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, because you know, if they love us, they want us to be safe or whatever. Right. Um. But instead, just make the decision, do the thing, mm -hmm. and then let them know you did it. Oh, yeah, I did this. I, I hired this person. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Because yeah. it's kind of a done deal and there's not much to talk about then. <laughs> but it, it's breaking the client of the pattern of, of justifying things. Mm -hmm. So it's not only that people come to us and ask us to justify, but sometimes we have a habit. Oh, this was one of my habits of like explaining like, Going to even like my parents, like, oh, I booked another client today. It's like, why am I even telling them like that? Is right. none of their business? Right. And nor what am I trying to get out of that? Like, it was very strange. I don't even know why I was. But doing even it. then, there's a celebration of like, I booked another client. Like, that's still a cel thing to celebrate. But but I understand what if you're that's, saying. But I wasn't. What's the I reasoning? knew when I started to because I was feeling weird because mm -hmm. there's no. It was out of alignment. Mm -hmm. If it's just like. Because you're not looking for anything from the person. Mm -hmm. You're just celebrating and sharing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what they give back. You're already having a party. If they're like, oh, just one, you'd be like, yeah, just one, baby. But it, was, <laughs> you, it wouldn't stop your party. That's how you know it doesn't, you don't, you're not trying to get something. Mm -hmm. But I knew it felt weird and out of alignment. Like, okay, what's that weirdness? What am I doing? Right. And then I realized, yeah, I don't need to do that. I probably shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing that? Right. Let's go look into that. Yeah. <laughs> let's deal let's deal deeper more in your issue. No, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um so those are my, my pet peeves, the the qualifying language and the justifying qualification and their justification. life as an artist. Yeah. Absolutely. Um we've kind of touched on each one a little bit. Um so you have two offerings in your business, uh the brilliant and resilient path and the cash flow for creatives path that deal with like the seven big lies that we discussed in the side mm -hmm. hustle. Can you just I, again we've touched on them, but can you just kind of give a more straightforward summary of each one? Sure. Cash flow for creatives mm -hmm. is I sat down and I wrote out my very best guidance of how to build a little side hustle 
to fund but not overwhelm your creative career. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is my brain and everything in it. And you can get that. And I also recorded it for everyone who drives in their car and wants audio. So you have that. And then what comes with it is two months of access to me on a weekly basis to just answer your questions Mm. about your specific situations. Because I, what I want to do is help people get up and running. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a side business, this is kind of going, it's like, well, how can we make this more profitable? Like, let's crank this up to where you're, you're working less, but earning more. Mm -hmm. Because we, you, as actors and creatives, we need that above and beyond money. Mm-hmm. It's not just about covering your monthly nut. It's like you got to get the above and beyond money, which gives you the freedom then to do things to maximize um, your opportunities. So that is what that is for, helping people. But then you're like, okay, well, I don't want this side biz to overtake my creative career. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the brilliant and resilient side of things is like looking at what you really want to do in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I work with people creative professionals who are beyond 101. Everybody I work with knows how to set a goal and reach a goal. It's not about the execution or that kind of stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. It really is about what, how do you become that next level artist? Because that's really about mindset and how you're approaching life and how you're thinking about life and how you're able to take that person that you want to be, that showrunner or number one on the call sheet or whatever it is you want, how to start drawing the texture of that person into your life now, how to redesign yourself so that you can move into that next chapter. And people can work with me privately. I have, I'll have some other group options with private coaching. Also, people hire me for a whole year privately. That's like my leap year program. Mm-hmm. But then for creative professionals who are in LA, I have ongoing an ongoing monthly mastermind groups called Brilliant and Resilient. Mm-hmm. And that's really so that you can meet like-minded, proactive, high-level creative professionals and remind yourself, oh, right, I'm doing this. Refocus. So because um, in L.A. with no weather, mm-hmm. it's really easy for like three months to go by and we're like, it's June. What's going on? You know, <laughs> so it's like every month you're reminded, right, head back in the game. And also you leave revitalized of like full of juice and full of like, yes, this is possible. (laughs) Okay, let's go back out for another month, Mm -hmm. you know. And and one of the things I like, and we'll get a little more into the brilliant Mm -hmm. resilient. One of the things I like about it, because it plays an accountability group Mm -hmm. where you're around other people. You're announcing things that you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. publicly to people. And then you're. Who are people who are paying attention, mm-hmm. who are on your side and who want, they want the you best for you. Yeah. And, and and you're writing it down. You're being reminded of it the next time. How did that go? What did you do? How did you move forward towards that? And then also there's a, a sense of a support group as well. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you said, there's people there that want to see you achieve this. They they offer advice. They are, Again, advice you can take and figure out how you want to take it. Uh, as that as well. And then as coaching. So there's these multi angles that it plays. And it, and then also as an inspiration, because I remember when I was sitting in, in, in the, the, the class that I went to, the, the get together I, I was in, was I didn't know, especially because I was kind of sitting in to kind of see how it flowed. I didn't know how involved I would get into it, and but I got some great advice now about the podcast and how we market ourselves, which if you look at our bio i changed our bio based on that conversation and 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 but it feels good because everything came so kindly mm-hmm. it wasn't this like oh that's bad that's bad and what mm, no it, it, everything comes so nice because 
everybody understands we're all in the same position. And I think that's so important when you have a group of people getting together to build each other, help each other, offer advice and consultation and support is everyone has to remember we're all, no matter what you're doing individually, we're all in the same space. And I thought, and I felt, I felt that in mm. that group. And I thought that was really nice I'm to so feel glad. that. It, I think it has such an interesting feeling mm. because I think, unfortunately, it's rare that we see groups communicating with adult conversation. Mm-hmm. What we see on TV is, is childish behavior of people fighting on these panels and all these shows of just people yelling in sound bites. That's not adult communication. Yeah. We do not see it role modeled very often. Mm. But that is the culture that I create in the spaces that I certainly want to be a part of. It's like, we're going to talk mm. over this adults here it's Mm -hmm. like one person's success does not take away from your success and if you feel it does then we'll work on that mindset around that and really address those issues so it no longer does feel that way for you and and there's a respect and and an assumption when someone comes in of not like okay well we'll see you got to prove yourself what are your credentials (laughs) of just like well i assume since you were in this group Mm -hmm. you're someone who should have my respect and i will give it to you from the get-go right I think when you when you break it down, everyone's there to succeed in whatever their goals are. And, and there's no hierarchy in goal setting and goal success and achieving things. There's not like, well, I wrote three pages. You only wrote two pages. No, we wrote we both succeeded. And, and, and there was this sense of just everyone's there to champion everyone else. And that is. Something you don't see a lot in, in, in this group. You know, my wife watches uh, a lot of escape TV, mm-hmm. uh, Real Housewives, things like that. And I'll watch some with her. And we always joke around like, oh, yeah, the birthday party is the best place to have this conversation. <laughs> uh, you always have to have that space that you can, can I talk to you for a minute? And you go and it starts something. And creatives have a terrible way of when you ask them, how are you doing? Or, what you know, how are you? The f- they don't the first thing they say isn't well I've been a little upset or I've been frustrated or you know I'm doing real well I'm happy things are going well the first thing they say is I'm working on this well I had two auditions yesterday and it's like your happiness your mood your feelings are now being justified by what you're doing so like I'm working on this script so I'm in a good place and it shouldn't be that way. It's, if somebody asks, and I've tried very carefully about it, if somebody says, how are you? I tell them, like, I'm doing okay. I've been a little frustrated with my job search, but over that, I'm doing well. But, and, and, I, and I've noticed now with more people, we're like, how are you? Well, I got three auditions. And well, that shouldn't, that doesn't correlate. I didn't ask how work was. I'll ask that next. Like, yeah. have you gotten any auditions? Like, I'll ask that. But it's so, it's such a weird foundation. Do you see that a lot in your the the group setting when you ask certain questions people giving an answer to a question that you didn't specifically ask in that sense like they they're they're taking something else and justifying it in a certain way i think i mean to say no mm-hmm. would would be wrong because right. i'm sure i've seen that <laughs> i want you to lot. tell me every example <laughs> right now I certainly hope when I do hear it, I catch it mm-hmm. and just have someone in the moment mm-hmm. in, in just a kind way of like, okay, let's just redo that moment mm-hmm. and say it in a way that spins it this way right. or say it in a way that serves you better. But I, I definitely totally know what you're talking about. It's just so like, 
how our society has learned how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it also, in, in the groups that I have and the people that I work with, I'm always pulling it up to the bigger picture perspective because yeah, 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 you're artists and you have all your goals and you have all this stuff, but like you're a human and you're here to experience something because the truth is I don't know if you are going to get the goals, Mm -hmm. achieve the goals that you're setting yourself. I don't know, but the goals are just to get you to do all this other stuff that might lead you in a different direction or Mm -hmm. it might teach you something about yourself that you can then totally apply to what you're trying to do. Like Mm -hmm. it's really, I know it's so cliche that journey it's all about the journey, (laughs) but it's about all of that stuff Mm -hmm. because as a creative person, Mm -hmm. one of the hallmarks, what makes you creative is you just want to keep expanding and that's neutral. Everything is neutral. And then everything has a light side and a dark side. So Mm. the dark side to our continuous desire to expand is that we can get on this I'm never satisfied train. And you've Mm -hmm. talked about this in past episodes where it's like you achieve something, yeah, 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 but now I'm on to the next. And you Mm -hmm. never just celebrate and take a moment to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. We do that a lot. It's like let's just stop for a minute and acknowledge what you just said and how different that was from three months ago. So, But then the light side of this expansion is that there's always going to be the next. You're going to die with the next. Yeah. You know, as a creative, you're probably going to die with like, oh, I have a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then you die. Right. <laughs> like, no, you know, absolutely. It's like that. Those are your last words. Oh, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's someone like, saying, watch this. Look what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and, and, and I, I, I want to go kind of, you, you mentioned about the journey and, and it is cliche. Uh, it is a very oh, cliche know, thing to say it's all about the journey, but it is because Here's here, here it is, man. Here, if you're in this business, if you're in the entertainment business, you're looking to make movies and plays and musicals. Guess what? They're all not all of them are going to be golden. You're going to have some flops. You're going to have some bombs. You're not everything you're in is going to be Schindler's List and and and, and Beauty and the Beast and, and all these other great films out there. Some of them are going to be American Reunion and like other, these like other movies like the not Transformers, but like the Transformers, like weird knockoff. Yeah. Like you're going to have these moments. But the thing is, whether you're writing those things or you're acting in those things, the thing to do is take note of what you learned along the way. How did you change? Was it I met somebody while working on this and we've become creative partners? Was it I learned certain something about myself and how I work and how I perform? Was it I learned a different way to write something in a screenplay or I learned, you know, what I never knew how to write text messages in a screenplay. And because of this, I was forced to learn how to do that. Like you have to take note of what did you learn along the way? Because that some that end is not always going to be the rainbow. It's going to be crap sometimes. And I think it's so important just to take note of where you've been. It's relationships. It's it's everything. When you're in a relationship and you get out of a bad relationship, you learn, hopefully, from that bad relationship. And, and everything is – and I'm so big about that. Everything is a journey. And you've got to know that the success is not the important part. The important part is how you got there and what you learned and what you've, how that's affected you as a, a professional and as a human being. It's, again, like organizing, going through the process of organizing. The goal isn't the room's clean or everything has a place. It's who am I now and how have I changed? Yeah. 
And that's, it's so, it's, I, I know it's cliche, but it's, it's so mm. important. It is. Yeah. And the thing about a cliche, a cliche is, becomes a cliche because people say it over and over and over and over and again. And people say it's a cliche. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's a cliche. Yeah. It's like the reason it's said over and over and over again is because if you spend enough time on earth and do work on yourself, you all leads back to some fundamental places. Mm-hmm. All of the great thinkers and leaders and and people you know who've just lived on earth, it's like, yep, we all kind of come to the same conclusions. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to drop some on you. I just thought about Woo! this. I'm going to drop a little, little, little knowledge bomb in, co- in, 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 in uh, coexistence with that is that what movies do people talk about? People talk about the good ones. Now, you may talk about the bad one. And this is, oh, my God, have you ever seen this movie? But that's probably rare. The, the majority of the time you're going to talk about the good movies. So when someone says something like it's about the journey, maybe that's said a lot because it's a good thing to remember. Just like you talk about that good movie a lot. You know, it's 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 because it's the thing you have to like keep that in mind somewhere. You know? So as you've been leading these for 18 years, um you've you've met a whole slew of various artists and creatives. Uh how you know, what was going in kind of did you have an, a mindset and a philosophy that not in the sense of like, I'm going to teach, but that I'm going to use to kind of help share? And Or was it something that you built along the way? Well, I mean, 18 years. Hopefully there's an evolution that happens during that, that process. <laughs> nope, it so, stayed yep, the same. No changes. Still cranking out my old syllabus. <laughs> put on, I'm going to put on some Frank Sinatra. And- yep. So what I'll speak to mm-hmm. for that question is, is why do I call it brilliant and resilient yeah, absolutely. now? Like yeah. How has it come to now? Yeah, how did you get to that point it's, where you knew this is what really, be Because I really, you know, sat down and was like, what am I trying to pass on to people? What am I really, if I had to like get it down to a core mm-hmm. message? And I expound on this in the... Uh, free masterclass audio that you can download from my website. I Mm. kind of go into this and and one specific tool that I use a lot with my clients. But I believe everyone is born with innate brilliance. Mm -hmm. So it's not about becoming brilliant. Mm. It's about how can you enhance the brilliance that you have? Mm -hmm. Because what I want to help with are artists who turn down the volume on their brilliance or to turn it up and then turn it down. Or turn it up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. up, down. You want to just keep it up and then a little bit more and then expanding beyond your comfort zone and keep the volume <laughs> turned up right. so we can see you in the world and get past these feelings of discomfort. Not get past them because you'll always have new ones, mm-hmm. but know how to handle it. Because mm-hmm. the discomfort, if you can stay in it, then that becomes then your comfort zone. So your mm-hmm. comfort zone has an elastic waistband. So it just keeps mm-hmm. expanding if you're willing to go outside of it and stay there. Mm-hmm. So the brilliant part is about in helping people enhance their innate brilliance. The resilience part is about increasing their resilience. Mm-hmm. We do not need little fragile artists. Artists are brave because they say, anyone who's been like, I'm an artist, actor, performer, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already like the black sheep. Yeah. <laughs> if not your family, then society. It's like a big weirdo. Yeah. Um, so there's resilience 
in that alone. Mm -hmm. But I want to help you increase your resilience because the more, yeah, again, turning the dial up on that Mm -hmm. because we need you stepping up to the plate again and again in the face of a lot of stuff that is thrown at us and changes in the industry and changes in our political climate, all these changes that we as artists are able to speak to first. Because what's so interesting oftentimes is like, when did we have the first black president? In the movies. Mm -hmm. When did we have the first female president on HBO? Mm -hmm. I think that was the first one. But maybe there was a Madam President TV show. Wasn't with Gina Davis, maybe? But it's always first. I think there was a movie, though, a while back where there was a female president, I think. Good on you. So not that Veep is our ideal um, version of that. It's a good show. (laughs) It's so good. Um, Art first. Art shows us where we're going to... As Shakespeare said, it shows us who we are, Mm -hmm. but it also can show us who we can be and who good and bad. Mm -hmm. So we are the visionaries of that. And so we're called upon mostly in times when it's not easy or comfortable. Mm -hmm. So we as individual artists need to have a resiliency, a thick skin. Yeah, but that's different. That's Mm -hmm. just sort of about having a mindset that can be flexible enough to handle the slings and the arrows. Handle the stretches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And not get all bent. Yeah. But the resilient, because our trains, and whether we're artists or entrepreneurs or whatever, whether we're anybody who's going their own way in life, Mm -hmm. your train's going to get derailed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it's how quickly can you get that train back on the tracks? Mm -hmm. And how many people do you have around you who can help you get that train back on the tracks but if every time a train falls off the tracks you're just we we look at you throwing a temper tantrum and and wailing and, and crying it's like the first couple times you might like go okay well they need some help but the fifth time it's like come on <laughs> yeah people realize when you are not resilient and that's when they stop helping because mm-hmm. it's easier to help someone who's already helping themselves Oh, it's so easy. It's easy to give up on someone that's given up on on themselves. themselves. Conversely, exactly. So I want to help. um, My mission Mm -hmm. here is to help creatives enhance their brilliance and increase their resilience Mm -hmm. because then we can really do some good stuff in this world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my God, if we're vibrating at that, that's what this world needs. Mm So I, I obviously, I, just like any kind of group, there's definitely a sense of privacy and things like that. So definitely, I'm not asking for specifics. What are repetitive topics and concepts that come up? It's a very holistic uh, conversational mm-hmm. environment. I mean, we talk about people's lives. Mm-hmm. We talk about their side hustles. We talk about their creative endeavors because it, it all is of a piece and the conversation is just dictated by what what people want to bring in, what, what, what people have on their mind, what's frustrating them. I'm always interested in using our time together to help them get, like, like just what are the speed bumps we can get you over that? And um, it can go pretty deep sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and we have people – we have a group of humans. So there are people who are experiencing their first pregnancies. There are people who – are are having you know health issues there are people of all ages and all genders and ethnicities mm-hmm. in the group so it's it can touch on but as humans we doubt and we worry mm-hmm. 
and we're frustrated because <laughs> my God, we're really, really talented and we haven't, we're not as far along as we want and what that's all about. And very often, I mean, because people go through ebb, the natural ebbs and flows. So there's, I'm feeling disconnected. I'm thinking of stopping. I'm thinking of leaving mm. and what that's all about. Or this life has thrown me a curveball. How do I handle that and keep going? Because mm. my all of my work with clients, one of the things I really want to teach them is no matter what life throws at you, mm. you can still keep the, your eye on the prize and find ways to move forward. It won't be at the speed you want it to be at, mm -hmm. but we still want forward movement mm -hmm. despite what life throws at you. And sometimes that forward movement is only in your mind. It's only in how you're thinking about it and finding very creative ways to keep your spirit moving forward if you your, yourself physically can't, mm -hmm. you know? So there's life has thrown a curveball. Mm -hmm. But then on the good side, because I think people think of like support groups or masterminds or accountability groups as always like helping with the problems. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what a big problem is? Is, uh-oh, I'm starting to have the success that I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. How do I adjust to that? Right. People in my life are being weird now. How do I deal with that? Oh, it's I have choices, but now choices are like good thing, good thing, good thing. How mm -hmm. do I choose between those? And more so, money, more problems. Yeah, exactly. Or more money and yeah. what do I More success do with and this? more issues. Yes. Yeah. So because everyone in this group is very high functioning. So we have had, you know, people go from like their first credits to now on series or mm -hmm. people who, you know, haven't started with, you know, just a, their single self and now they're married and they're having kids. And it's just sort of like all of these wonderful things that they've always wanted is like, mm -hmm. whoa, how do I adjust to this too? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to not, slam on the brakes every time something good happens right it's like whoa we got to slow this stuff down i can't you know i <laughs> i wanted this but at, we all want everything we want at our own speed mm -hmm. i want it now or i want it in two weeks or i want it here i want it this at this speed but not this speed right. and it's like well life can change as fast as you can handle that change mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> the good stuff can come as fast as you can let it in mm -hmm. very often and often when it's not coming in Right. It's like, well, how are you keeping it out? Right. Let's not assume it's not coming in mm. because that makes you powerless. Oh, I'm here and I'm doing everything. It's not coming. It's like, well, what's more interesting and more active for us to look at is how are you keeping what might be knocking at the door right now out? Mm. Start making those shifts from right. that perspective and whew, letting it in. You know, sitting in these over eight, you know, 18 years and these, these different groups, again, with so many personalities and so many people, how have you grown through doing these classes? What, what changes have you seen in yourself and the effects of it for you? Oh, I mean, endless really is the mm -hmm. answer to that. It's the place that keeps all of my tools sharp. Mm, that's good. It's not like, Oh, well, let, that's, let me, that's answer number 42. <laughs> let me get my notes. It's not at all this kind of stale advice. Right. It's very much and very tailored mm -hmm. to the person. And I like the, the reason why I have ongoing groups is that I get to know people. Yeah. And then I get to see the arc of their journey and right. I can point out to them, oh, 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 you know, four months ago, you right. were saying something completely different and this is amazing. Or right. watch yourself. I've seen this pattern. And... It has exposed me to a lot of different, I mean, all doing this over 18 years exposes me to a lot of different ways people are wired, mm -hmm. a lot of different 
ways people think and process things. So very often, I think if, if coaches are working with a very similar type of person all the time, mm -hmm. uh, they can start to think much more narrowly. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important when someone is expressing themselves to understand that they're doing so from their wiring, mm -hmm. from their past experience, mm -hmm. from that has informed their mindset and perspective about that. Right. And it's not that they have, no one's wired badly. <laughs> they're just wired differently, yeah. you know. But then how do you communicate to that person mm -hmm. in a way that's effective for them mm -hmm. and then communicate to this other person in a way that's effective for them? And so all of my like, working with organizing clients, helping with mm -hmm. that, all these master years of masterminding, yeah. I've become very, very good. So I, I try to meet the person where they're at right. and then take them on a journey at the speed and in the way that would be, they'll be most receptive to. Because mm -hmm. just slamming them with something, right. they're going to throw some knowledge down. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not going to work. So my own personal understanding and appreciation for humanity has mm -hmm. certainly grown from being exposed to all these wonderful people. And then honestly, I... It's where I get, where I renew my own hope mm. because it's so easy as an individual creative person mm. to look at the world and be like, well, why even bother? What are we, we doing? Screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so it is important to be around people because not everyone is hopeful at the same time. Right. <laughs> Right. And if you stick sometimes with just your group of friends, you can all spiral yourself down oh, yeah. or up. And then mm -hmm. everyone's up and everyone's down. And But what's great is that, and people have said this, and I've experienced for myself too, you mm -hmm. come to it in a, in a place where maybe you're a little low mm -hmm. personally that month. But hearing other people who are having great, it's like, right, oh, it could change. <laughs> and that person who was having a low month last time mm -hmm. and had the courage to come when they were low, that's what I love about my group of people is that, they are so courageous and committed to showing up where they're at. It's not where you come on and you're like, I did, everyone's fine and everyone did great things. It's right. like, this is a space in which you can come and go, yeah, it's not happening for me right now. And I am feeling bad. You can be real. We're not going to wallow in that. Yeah. You're not going to infect everybody uh -huh. with that. But it's like, that's not wrong. Yeah. And it's great because then two months later, when you're in a whole different headspace, people mm -hmm. can see Oh my God, it does change. Yeah. It ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows. So it's just a place where I get my hope renewed by hearing other people who are in a moment of hopefulness. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, I'll take some of you. I'll borrow that right. for right now. Such a great way to lead people. Because again, it's, you're there to mediate. They're leading in a lot of ways. Um, so as, as you mentioned, uh, one of the things we love to do is celebrate the small wins, the small victories. We talked earlier how you've got to look at each step as a victory. Each thing is a success. So I want to celebrate. Sadly, Michael is not here. He couldn't be here today. But uh, I want to celebrate with you your three small or big wins that you've had this week. And if you don't have three, that's fine. If you have four, we can do that. But let them all, let me know. Let's celebrate. Okay. So three. So I um, made a business proposal and it got past the first gate gatekeeper yeah so that's like that's, i don't know if it's gonna huge. go no that's still huge yeah, that is like, a gatekeeper first of all one. you <sighs> finished the proposal yes huge yeah. i know so many people that have they're halfway through and you got it through the first gate so bravo right. I, I used a connection i had 
and then she gave it to the first gatekeeper and the first gatekeeper likes the idea so mm-hmm. now we're on to like the gatekeeper the, number two <laughs> yeah the committee of yeah. gatekeepers so yay yes. another uh, i finally got my painting finished I've and been up looking on the wall. These, the, these, these, these Hobbes, <laughs> uh, Calvin and Hobbes pictures and paintings are yes. fantastic. Thank I, you. I, do you mind if I take a picture and oh, sure, it for sure. us to show? I'll yeah, take a picture the last, before I leave. This is the final uh, cartoon that was in the whole Calvin and Hobbes series. Okay. And my husband and I had the actual cartoon like framed. And mm. I was like, you know, I think I could paint that because we need it to be a big wall. I've been we looking at this the whole time and it just makes big. me happy. But it... It has been an empty wall for a year and a half as I slowly worked on this painting in between all the other stuff I was doing. Slowly got it done. I had started it and then I was like, oh, no, I have to write cash flow for creative. So literally like half a, a whole year went by. And then at Christmas, I started again. I finally finished it. Yeah. So for me, that's a huge win because I've been staring at a blank wall Congratulations. for a that's long awesome. time. And then um, the most recent one is... Our fridge broke on a Thursday. We had the fix it guy come on a Friday. He could it it, it was dead. Mm-hmm. We ordered bought the new one on a, on a no no fridge broke Wednesday. Repairman Thursday bought it Friday. Delivered Monday. It was like <laughs> so it's just you know being able to just have a, a big problem like that and just mm-hmm. get her done. Yeah. Boom boom boom. I was just. Husband and I like high fived on that. All right. Not that we wanted to spend that no, money at that but point, you but got, it's like there was a problem ah, and you yeah. got it fixed. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's time for a new fridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't want it. You know, a little moment of like, well, that wasn't what mm-hmm. we wanted to spend that money on. But, but it wasn't a big deal. We just yeah. it like. It was a blip and we went on with our lives yeah. instead of like, oh, no, I got to tell 18 people of my <laughs> fridge issue. Like, yeah, no, let me don't. call the 12 people that I usually tell everything to. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yay. I love those. Fantastic. Yeah, Congratulations on getting that yeah. stuff done. That is fantastic. Uh, real quick, uh, what what would you say? I mean, you have a ton of advice <laughs> and a ton of stories to tell and a ton of uh, uh, ideas and thoughts on, on on ways of thinking and philosophy. But, you know, if there was a, a, a simple one piece of advice you could give just general creatives, what would that piece of advice be? I actually said it earlier, but this mm. is the big thing. Learn how to trust. Mm-hmm. Learn how to listen. Learn how to hear and trust your gut. Learn how to hear the whispers and then trust, learn how to trust them. And you learn how to trust them by trusting one. Mm-hmm. I got a whisper. I should take my jacket to that thing. I don't want to take a jacket. The sun's out. Just take the jacket. Just take you jacket. just don't have, just take, just experiment with just doing what your gut whispers to you. Mm-hmm. Because then you build a stronger bond with it. And then when you start to ask it questions, and it's just about getting quiet. And it's not like it's necessarily immediately going to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. But chances are it will answer you pretty soon. You'll be yeah. in the shower. The answer. It's the answer. It, it will speak to you. Mm-hmm. It will not not speak to you. And I don't, if you are disconnected from that voice, there are various ways that you can get connected with it. You're going to have to find your way into it. There's not one way, <laughs> no magic formula, but you'll find your way. And then once you start to hear it, obey. <laughs> and it won't lead you wrong. Yeah. Now, will you follow your gut and things won't work out? Maybe. Right. 
But that doesn't mean that you were led in the wrong direction. What that usually means is you and your gut had this much information and based on those facts, you didn't see any red flags and you decided to go in this direction and then a red flag popped up. Okay, well, new information. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about that moment. And sometimes when you're led in a direction that, quote, doesn't work out, it's because your gut is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted you to go this way so that you would then turn this way or that you would then meet that person. It's like the journey. The source the is journey. smarter than you. <laughs> the source is smarter than you. Absolutely. But but your gut isn't going to steer you wrong because mm-hmm. that is your connection to whatever you want to call it. God, the source, universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's your connection to it down there. Absolutely. Not your brain. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you, you've listened to the show. I asked you before we started for six numbers. You listened to the show so you know what it was about. <laughs> so... Uh, before Facebook and after Friendster, there was a wonderful place that people would go to hang out, to be bored, and just spend time, waste time. And that place was called MySpace, where your top eight, top six would ruin friendships. You would wait for what if God is one of us to load on someone's playlist. And there were also these quizzes <laughs> that people could fill out. Before BuzzFeed, there was no results. It was just for people to get to know people. <laughs> they were these random <clears throat> questions. Some were related to certain relationships or whatever, firsts or whatever. But uh, I found 167 MySpace quiz, a question quiz. Uh, I'm not going to ask you all of them, uh, but you gave me six numbers that correlate to questions here that I'm going to ask you. <laughs> and the one rule for this game is you cannot explain. There's just no explanation. I find that funny, and this is my show, and that's how we're going to do it. Christine Aller, are you ready for your MySpace quiz? I don't think I would ever be ready, <laughs> but I'm willing. Let's do it then. But, hey, you know what? That's the most important thing. First question is, do you want any pets? Oh, yes. <laughs> Next question. When's the last time you saw your mother? We're keeping um, you accountable yes, for your family. <laughs> <laughs> what is your zodiac sign? Pisces. Oh, let's see here. <laughs> Some of these are just so random. Do you like Subway? To eat, to eat the restaurant? Yes. No. <laughs> Do you like the subway? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll make that an A and B question. Do you have a friend of the opposite sex who you can act your complete self around? Yes. And the last question of your MySpace quiz. This is too personal. <laughs> we can, well, I, I'll, well, do well. I'll do a question. The listeners are all leaning I've, in. <laughs> this has never been a question. We've had the question before this, but we've never oh, had this question. So this okay. is the first one. Have you ever gotten pregnant? Oh, no. Yeah, there you go. And that was your MySpace quiz, Christina. You Aller. have had that question because you you asked that to Michael um, as uh, the, um, from The Wire. Oh, Michael. Did we? Did we yeah, ask I the Michael so, question? Okay. I don't know. Christina Aller, thank you so much. So you welcome. have been such a fantastic person just to talk to and converse. One of the things I love about the Mastermind Group and doing this is just I love talking to people and I love hearing their thoughts on life. And, and I always walk away refreshed. And with new knowledge, and you have just given me so much to think about, and you, you've just been the sweetest person to to talk to through scheduling and everything else. Where can people find you? Find your work? Where can they find the you know it's a place to sign up for classes and cash flow for creative? Give it all out. It's all at christinealler.com, and that's K R I S T I N E O L L E R. And one day I might 
maybe be on Instagram, which is <laughs> at Christine Aller, I think. At, yeah. <laughs> one day. One, one day, day you'll be there. Maybe. Well, thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure. All right, guys. Uh, uh, keep on moving. The journey is the thing. Keep moving on the journey. Keep you know looking at the results and see what you've learned and what you've gained. Keep listening to the voice inside you. And the most important thing is please keep, keep up, up the, the hustle. hustle. Welcome to the bookends, guys. This is your co-host, Michael Lutheran. So, what did you think of that interview? I took some notes about some of the key things that I connected with and uh, recognized that I do all the time. Qualitative language, phrases that we instinctively add to conversation that diminishes our own accomplishments for the sake of making other people or even ourselves more comfortable. I find myself doing this all the time, especially when I'm around my family during the holidays, you know, when the usual, so how's the LA thing going? But I also find myself doing this around other creatives as well. Daniel mentioned it. And I think part of the Hollywood hustle is to not allow ourselves to fall into that. This is a big city with so much opportunity to go around for everyone. So let's be proud of our work. Also, Daniel's conversation about how creatives have a hard time figuring out what a quote-unquote result really is, and that struck a chord with me. I don't know about you guys, but I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to get it right all the time, and it's not a healthy way to live. Past listeners may recall, but I was once hustling so hard trying to do a million things right in this town and my body ended up collapsing on me in the middle of the street, and I wound up in the ER with a fractured skull. All that to say, we are enough. We have it within ourselves to accomplish what we want to do. We just need to be clear about what that goal is, and to enjoy the journey it takes to get there. Hustle smart out there, guys. I'll also list the two books that Christine mentioned in the episode with links on where to get them. I just got Essentialism on Audible where while recording this, so I can't wait to check it out and let you guys know what I think. Or better yet, maybe we can check in with each other if you want to join me in listening or reading this, this book. huh? What were your big learns from this episode? We'd love to know. Uh, reach out to us, Team Hustle, on social media and tag us in a post with your thoughts about the show. On Twitter, we are at LA Hustlecast, and on Facebook and Instagram, we are at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And the hashtag for this episode is Christine Aller Hustle. That's K R I S T I N E O L L E R Hustle. We'd love to hear what the League of Hustle has to say about this episode. And if you love what you heard on the show today, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us from. And share this episode with someone that you think needs to hear this episode. Whether it's someone who could do with some organization in their hustle or could do with some motivation. Just shoot them a text with a link to this episode. We love bringing more people into our community. Now, next week, we're bringing you another side hustle. I'll be bringing you a preview of mine and Daniel's conversation with singer, songwriter, community activist, podcaster, and so much more, Melinda Hale. We dig in deep, and it's such a great conversation. I'm Michael Lutheran, and for you, League of Hustle, remember to celebrate your small wins. Mindset plus how you approach, how you're thinking about life, 
plus what it is that you want is a great way to redesign your life so you can move on to your next chapter. And until then, keep up the hustle. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our host and executive producer. Michael Lutheran co-hosted and produced this episode with audio production assistance from the incredible Eric Waldman. Our theme music and transition music is by bensound.com. To support the hustle of this show with a financial contribution, please visit hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. Thank you.